Hello, my name is Rosanna Molino and welcome to the Rosanna Mod Podcast. Want to modify your life? That is corny, but I'm going to keep it in there. This variety show brainstorms solutions for everyday challenges, unlocks your secret potential, think outside the box with creative ideas that improve your business and your life. Get inspired with special guests, get motivated with how-to projects for the whole family, and learn that life is too short for anything less than being happy. Laugh with me or at me, it doesn't matter, somebody's going to laugh. Hey everybody, this is Rosanna Mourinho and welcome to the Rosanna Mod Variety Pod episode 45, 45. This is a translation of episode 42, which I do on Saturdays. I do all my Spanish ones on Saturdays. Usually um, I'm going to be translating those on Tuesdays, but because I have so many episodes already done in English, I'm going to be translating, I'm going to be doing those in Spanish first for my friends on Saturdays. And then I'll come back and I'll talk to you guys about other things on Tuesdays. Basically an introduction to all my Latin friends who don't know that I was born in Montevideo, Uruguay, which is a country in South America right below Brazil. Uh, no, we don't speak Portuguese there. We speak Spanish. And when I was about five, we moved to Brooklyn, New York. I went to PS164, which is an elementary school. If you guys are familiar with PS164, hey, shout out. You can let me know and send me an Instagram message. Let me know. I'd be curious. One of the very first things that we did was enter me in a beauty contest. There was a contest that came out for Ronzoni, the pasta makers. And it was for, they were looking for Miss Ronzoni. So <clears throat> I was about six at that time. My parents sent a picture in. They posted the picture in the newspaper. And I don't remember the newspaper, you know, but this was in, in New York, so... And, you know, I don't have a picture of that. Actually, I don't have a picture of the newspaper. I wonder if they have it in the archive somewhere. That's a, that's a good thought. But anyway, uh, so by votes, it went by votes. And the most people, you know, they voted or whatever. I got second place. And for second place, we got a trip to Spain. So it, it wasn't like a small contest. This was a big contest. We were actually put on floats and a little parade for Miss Ronzoni. And uh, I was on the float. I've got pictures of that. I should post those somewhere for you guys to see, but I don't know. I wouldn't know where to put them right now. So anyway, so I got second place and this was nice. Now, my mother was a seamstress. Well, still is a seamstress, but this was what she did for a living. And she used to make me and my sister's clothes. And this was one of the not so fond memories that I used to have because for me, um, and I do say this a few times in my other, in my Spanish episode, that for me, my mother is like a god, you know, really, she is. And I always looked up to her and whatever it was that she did, whatever it was that she wanted to put on me, as far as clothes or hairdos are concerned, I never was that type of girl that would say, no, I'm going to wear this. And, I, you know, I wasn't like that. I wasn't that defiant daughter. I was always... I'll listen to whatever you tell me because you're my mom, you know, or you're my dad, right? So uh, my mother would make us these clothes and I would go to school with these, and they were beautiful dresses. I mean, I've, I've got pictures, they're really pretty, but I wasn't aware that they were handmade or that it made a difference. For me, it didn't matter. But for the other kids, I guess it did. You know, people noticed that these were handmade clothes. They were noticing, oh, would you get that dress? You know, yeah. And, and she would have like, I'd have really big flower prints and it looked so bold, you know, this was the sixties. So, and then she had this thing where 
she would put these things on my hair because I had long hair and I was a fan of I Dream of Jeannie and I used to watch TV all the time. Remember, that's how I learned English. I watched a lot of television. And you know how Jeannie had that little hairdo where you would pull up in a ponytail and she'd have that little pink uh, sort of like box where the ponytail came out of and had like a gold swirl? If you look at the show, she has like this gold swirl, like this uh, design. Well, they used to have this hair accessory, I guess, that was like a metal, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a metal, I really don't know how to explain it. It was, it was a, it was a swirly, kind of looked like a slinky, if you remember a slinky, but it was like a gold colored slinky and it was thick and it goes around your ponytail. So it would look like I had the genie thing on my head with the ponytail sticking out. Now I already have a pretty big forehead and I'm pretty tall. So here I am walking around with this slinky thing on my head that elongated my head. And I thought I looked like Jeannie. And my mom was like, oh, you look just like Jeannie. I was so proud. Oh, here I am. Rosanna walks into class and all the kids start pointing and making fun. Another, another, which is, which was like the most humiliating experience, but I never told her. And then, and I'd still wear it. I wore it all the time. I had it all the time. I have pictures of me wearing it also. Apparently, it didn't matter to me that I was being bullied or harassed. I'd still wear it. And then um, another time, another memory I have is when I came into class and my it was really cold outside. It was snowing, I think. And you know, just like in that movie Christmas Story when you get your kid all, you know, bundled up and you can't even move. That was my mom. And she put stockings over my socks. Oh my God. And I think I had galoshes and I took my galoshes off and had my shoes underneath, you know, and of course, Tony, Tony Ann, she was sitting right next to me and she was just pointing and making fun and telling everybody, Oh, look, look, she's like, you're not supposed to wear your stockings over your socks. You're supposed to wear them under your socks. What are you stupid? And again, you know, these little things were just so freaking humiliating to me. And I didn't understand it because my mom was putting them on me. So for me, this was uh, okay. Another uh, memory that I talk about is the the soda can. What is up with the soda can? You know how you know those Pillsbury dough things that they make fun of in memes and stuff where you have to pound it or you have to press it with your thumb to open it up to get the croissants out, and then it's like a big pop sound and people are scared to do it. Okay. I I can't buy those because of that. I had the same fear, the pop top on a soda can, which was the Coca-Cola. I'm assuming it's the Coca-Cola. The soda can would freak me out. Every time that I had to pull up that little tab, I thought it was going to explode in my face. I don't know where the fear came from. I, I don't know. It, it, I'm thinking it might have been my, now that I think about it, it might have been my father who tried to freak me out or scare me and maybe... That stayed in my head. I don't know, but I was really young and he would take me out to the store that that was like right next door from our apartment and, um, or across the street. And he would, um, he would say, Hey, you know, you want to see something funny? Let's go get a can and, and say, come on, open it. And I'd run to the door and I'd want to get the hell out of there because I couldn't do it. And if he tried to open it, I would cover my face. Cause I just thought it was gonna like, just like a grenade or something, you know, it was just so weird. I was just a very weird kid. So my life as a child, the first few years in elementary school, especially in PS 164, was spent 
being the victim of bullying. And I will have a special show on that at some point in the future for your kids, if you want your kids to hear, or if you want your children to listen, because it, you know, as you can see, I'm okay now. I know a lot of kids are not okay with bullying and I have a special uh, message for them. But for me, not speaking English and not being able to defend myself was really the problem here because I wanted to say things, but I, I didn't know how to express them. So I ended up, uh, and I didn't say this in the other episode, but I ended up being turning my anger into physical anger. And, you know, I just started to fight and I, I started to fight back. I would get in trouble in school, but not, not me starting any fights, me defending myself. Okay. You know, just like you, 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 you can only hit the nerd enough times before he's going to retaliate, you know? That's basically what happened. And I remember one specific story where I was in the restroom. Two girls, I'm not sure if one of them was Tony Ann, now that I think of it. Yeah, it was actually. I remember her long, dark hair. And uh, she was peeking up. She, I guess they jumped over the, the next door stall and they, they were looking at me as I was in the bathroom laughing and stuff and I, I couldn't take it. I don't know what happened to me. I got out of the stall and we started fighting and I remember I ended up with um, a scratch and she had scratches on her neck. I just I got her on her neck but I didn't feel anything because I was so you know pumped with adrenaline and I was in Mr. White's office and Mr. White was the principal at the time and he you know said you know we're gonna get in trouble and whatever but that was the last time anything ever happened like that you know but it, it things changed after that I think but soon after when there were a lot of problems I my parents put me in Catholic school and I went to St. Catherine's of Alexandria and there was a particular moment that I remember you know we had our uniforms the little you know check skirts blue and green with the blue navy socks the black shoes the white shirt the little vest and uh, no makeup, no nail polish allowed, of course, no jewelry allowed. And I had a teacher named Sister Eileen, and Sister Eileen was a nun who didn't wear her habit. I don't know why she didn't wear her habit, but she had like short skirts and little heels. I remember her shoes. I, I To this day, I remember her shoes. They had like little chains on the front. She wore shirts with jewelry. I remember she had these chains on her shirts and earrings, little stud earrings, and uh, short hair and glasses. I could see her to this day. I really can. And one day, it was my birthday, my mother said, you know, for today, how about you just wear a regular dress? So she had gotten me this dress. It wasn't, she didn't make it. She had gotten me this dress. I guess I was 12 and I had bazooka bubblegum corsage and I went into school. I looked really cute and, you know, everybody, but everybody looked at me like I had three heads. I was standing in the back at the time you know, I was in the back of the class. Sister Eileen made me stand up in front of everybody and said, well, look what we have here, Lady Godiva. You know, she's Irish, so she had a really thick accent. I don't know if I screwed that accent up, but that's what she sounded like. I just, I remember Lady Godiva. I remember who that was. I remember the name. I don't know if we had studied it or whatever, but I had remembered. And I was just so humiliated. Everybody just started laughing and you can't wear, where's your uniform? And I said, it's my birthday. And she goes, I don't care if it's your birthday. You have to wear your uniform. And I'm like, oh my God. So we, I went down to Sister Mary Frances, who was, uh, again, the principal of the school. 
And I remember my parents got it got called and she's got to wear her uniform. You know, she can't. And after that, they, when I finished that school, I went to um, St. Agatha's. I don't know why I went to St. Agatha's, but um, I don't know how that happened. But then right after that, I went to Fort Hamilton High School. And, and in high school, I was a little bit more freer, but I still wasn't allowed to date until I was 16. Couldn't wear makeup. The only thing I was allowed to wear was mascara and lip gloss. Uh, no nail polish, you know, none of that stuff. All the other girls had a lot of, you know, eyeliners, blushes, different color lipsticks, you know, but I couldn't really wear all that stuff until I was uh, 16 officially. And I wasn't 16 yet, so I couldn't really do anything. But those were my memories of Brooklyn. I mean, there's a, a lot of other memories of Brooklyn. I mean, we could talk about boyfriends and stuff and ex-boyfriends and those kind of things at a later date. I do remember something that I forgot. It was the lunchtime. I mentioned the My Big Fat Greek Wedding because I related to that movie on so many levels. It was me for sure. And uh, especially the part about lunch. My mom used to give me uh, a metal lunchbox, like, you know, with a little thermos. And she would put uh, Chef Boyardee raviolis in there. And she would put a you know, a stainless steel um, fork and a napkin, which wasn't a napkin. It was a handkerchief. A little thing. I think I had a little thing of milk in there too. And I don't remember having dessert. I, I, I just remember having the raviolis and it was always warm, you know, by the time I got it. So I would put the stuff out and all the other girls had little paper bags with sandwiches and, you know, cookies and stuff. And I always thought that was the coolest lunch. And mine was like, hey, Coco. And mine was like, I was the only one with this freaking thermos with hot lunch. I mean, everybody had cold lunch, basically. Or they would get lunches from the school. My mother didn't want me to have lunch from school. I don't remember, I don't think I ever had lunch in school, like lunch from school, walking around with the tray. I don't remember doing that. She always made my lunch. That's what was weird about it. The ones that did bring their lunch, though, were always, you know, cold. And they would make fun of me and say, look at you. Why is it raviolis in a thermos? You know, why is it hot? What's this fork? Where's your plastic fork? You know, and uh, it was just that way. I didn't realize, you know, that I was so different. And, and I, I expand on this in the on episode 42 because it is different when you come in from another country. I can't speak for other countries that come here. I can only speak for myself. But for me, when I come here, the culture is so different. You know, the families are different. But the language is the number one thing that you need to learn. And that's why I press this issue. Language is everything. You have to learn how to speak English. You have to. If you don't, they'll lie to you and you and they will they'll lie to you on your salary they'll and i'm not saying americans are like this please don't get me like that don't get me wrong you know how i feel about my uh, my country here um i love america yes but people will take advantage of you if they can and that's a fact and you know that this doesn't take a brain surgeon to know this if you're going to move to another country where it doesn't speak english you know i mean i'm going to use russia as an example because russia is listening to me right now and They've listened, they've been listening in, I don't know anybody in Russia, but if I had to move to Russia and I, and nobody spoke English there, I would feel terrified and I would have to force myself to learn Russian. And the way I would do that would be not to listen to anything that's 
in English, not to hang out with people that are my friends who don't know Russian. I would speak to Russians who know English and, and ask them, please speak to me only in Russian, you know, and just force myself. And that's really what you have to do. You have to do whatever it is that you need to do and don't watch the news. And I think a lot of people already know this. Listen to your own news. And by that, I mean, you go out into the world, you look at what's going on in the world, and you use your brain cells to figure out what's right and what's wrong. If there's something suspicious, why are they not reporting it? Or what are they, you know, I don't want to expand too much on it. But I think you know where I'm going with this. Just pay attention to what's going on around you and be smart. That's all. Just ask a lot of questions. Put yourself in situations where you will actually be the uh, student and learn as much as you can about the language because the language is going to save you a lot of frustration and anger and resentment and sadness because uh, my parents went through a lot of problems when they were first here you know as immigrants I mean they were taken advantage of especially my mother and um you know, working as a seamstress, I mean, they weren't making a lot of money here. I mean, she couldn't use all the skills that she had in her country where she was typing or she was writing, you know, she couldn't use all her skills here because she didn't know the language. So she had to resort to whatever it was that she knew how to do, which was sewing. And that didn't pay very much, but it was whatever she did. Other memories I have are when I was, a, you know, I guess younger, it's 13, 14 or something like that. We used to have this club in Queens, New York, which was a Uruguayan club. And it was all for Uruguayan people. But there was a lot of other people there that were not Uruguayan. And we used to go with, you know, my uh, my parents' friends. And we would, uh, they had dances and contests and, and bands that would play. And it was really nice because it was like a place for all families to get together. So I don't know why they don't have that here. I don't know. If they do... Do they have that here? Like, yeah, well, I guess they do. I guess they have like the Italian clubs and that kind of, but I don't know. Right now, I guess everything's closed because of the stupid mandates, but they, they have, um, a lot of, they need more of those. You need more of those. If you're listening, you need to open up more of those, uh, family oriented clubs where families can get together, you know, invite bands over to play, you know, have a buffet, have uh, a dance place where they can dance, a little area, you know, contests and things that people can enter, little drawings or something. A place for families to get together and do things together, I think, is very important. And you keep the family unit together, you know. And uh, also, when I was 10, um, my father got me into archery. And we were all, all actually members of the Comanche Bowmen. And I think that was in Queens also. And Comanche Bowmen, I was... Uh, yeah, I was really good. I was a pro. I was pretty good. And I kept doing that for a while up until I was about 16. I used to go hunting with my father up north. And, you know, that kind of uh, changed after a while because even when you were 16, 17, then you started dating. And then after that, we moved to Florida. So that kind of stopped. But but these are all fond memories that I have. Brooklyn doesn't ever go away in my memory. Now it's a different Brooklyn, but I'm talking about the Brooklyn that I knew back in the 70s, uh, which was really cool. And I still have friends that I uh, 
connect with on Facebook from Fort Hamilton. I have two actually that I that I connect with that I knew and that were very good friends of mine. One of them is Maria, the other one's Eva. We go to uh, places like Night Gallery, you know, disco dancing and Roller Palace. And um, I, I believe we went to the Cotillion. Yes, we did. We went to the Cotillion. And I guess I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to talk about that another time because I'm getting into the 16 when we started dating and stuff and guys were in the picture. So I'm going to keep that a different topic because that's more fun. So anyway, that's it. I don't have a lot of Spanish friends that I talk to right now in Spanish. The Spanish friends that I do have, which are very few, I speak to only in English. Really, the only Spanish that I ever spoke was at home, you know, and then most of the time was spent in school and at work and stuff. So how else am I going to practice my Spanish? I talk to my my parents in Spanish, you know, but even now I talk to them in Spanglish because my mother understands more English now and my dad does too. So I kind of mix it up a little with them. So I go back and forth, you know. So how was your dia? You know, <laughs> did you have, did you have a nice dia today, ma? Or, you know, what'd you do? What kind of uh, películas did you watch today? Any, any good comedies or comedias? No, no westerns? You know, like that. It's like I, I talk half and half and that's what Spanglish is. But anyway, so that was it for today. I hope that you enjoyed this translation of the, of the show. And uh, I'm doing these in the morning, actually, uh, instead of nighttime. Because uh, nighttime, I'm trying to get to sleep earlier so I can get better rest. I've noticed that when I stay up late, I don't get good sleep. I have to go to work at 9 to 5, my 9 to 5 job. And uh, she says with a sigh, I know, right? I am really working on these dailies. I love these dailies. I hope you enjoy them. And again, if you want to contact me, please do so on Instagram, Rosanna Mod, and follow me. Follow me there. I have a Rosanna Mod shop there. I need more followers. So just jump in and put put your, your names on there. And if you have any ideas or anything that you want me to talk about, maybe some suggestions, I'm open. You might want me to touch on a specific t- topic. I don't really want to talk about politics. I try to stay away from that. It's good to keep it, you know, neutral. And um, okay, well, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, don't forget to visit my Rosanna Mod.com website. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Rosanna Mod, and send me a message. I will talk to you guys soon. Look forward to the next one. God bless, and how do we say it, and what do we say? Ciao.